0: Welcome to the Growth Lab podcast, where we talk about finding new clients, winning more contracts, and growing successful cleaning businesses. I'm your host, Matt Harris, and I run the Growth Lab. We partner with cleaning business owners to launch, accelerate, and scale the growth of their business with tried and tested systems and strategies that generate predictable revenue. If you're turning over at least six figures and you want to grow your cleaning business to seven figures plus, click on the link in the description and schedule a call. Now let's dive in. So, what are some of the other differentiators aside from offering additional services that you come across for, uh, or that you help the the best businesses to, to develop?
1: So, we don't help. I don't. I just want to make sure we're on the same page here. Um, sure. Can we help them? Of course, but a lot of it comes internally, which is something we don't get hired for. So, let me give you an example. Like, operate operational excellence and expertise. Like, who is your team built out of? Is your team built by people that have been in the industry as long as you have? Or did you go and hire top of the top dogs to say, hey, look, all together, we're, we've been in the industry for 300 years, managed over 50 million square feet. Hmm. This is our previous job. T-. Like one would be the team development. Like who does your team compromise of? Because when they see if you're winning a big contract and they see that you've never cleaned a big contract then they don't want to give it to you. But if they see that all your team is made up of people that have, that's something that definitely can differentiate you. Technology can differentiate you. I've been in calls where the bigger the contract, the more they want to know that what you use internally so that they understand how protected they are as a company. But again, let's say we're going big RFP. Now, let's say we're going small. Alex Ramosi says as best, like, play the game that you have now. So when you're small, you get to say, like, I will literally... Be on response <laughs> within a minute. You call me, and here's my number, and I got you. And that's yeah. something a big company can't promote or can't provide. That's something you can. So 24 hour response time, direct line to the CEO, like whatever it is that you can play with, that you know that a bigger company is not going to be able to play with. Yeah. So I think it's just more understanding who are you serving, what do they want, and what do you what can you provide outside of the service that fits what they're what they're looking
0: for. So James, you were gonna say something?
1: No I, I think Angel
2: hit it spot on actually. I, I would say on the smaller side too and when I say smaller like let, let's think like five million and under now just for context like I think experience from start to finish, not cleaning mm. experience client client experience from the sales process, from how you're doing the walkthroughs to how you're presenting the proposal to your follow up to the onboard. One of, one of our longest lasting clients, I love what he says at every walkthrough, he'll show up and he'll say, hey, listen, what's your biggest differentiator? For example, you know what? We're going to mess up. That's what he said. We're going to mess up. The difference is we're going to pick up the phone and be accountable. And that's we all are going to mess up cleaning. You're going to have cleaners not show up. You're going to have mistakes happen. You're going to have theft. Whatever the case may be, there is going to be a mistake and just kind of getting ahead of that objection and that obstacle before it ever happens but reassuring them like hey but we're going to be accountable we he talks about like the 3 Rs be responsive build the relationship and ultimately give the end result a clean facility so like you don't have to like overcomplicate this if you're a smaller company you just have to position yourself differently and then ask yourself what experience are you providing from like literally start to finish and then how are you maintaining that experience throughout your the
0: lifeline of the client. So just going back to when you started. So you've got a a residential cleaning business, right?
3: Yes. Well, I tried to keep it residential because obviously, as I said, I was pregnant. I had young children all the way through growing it. I wanted... For me, it's all about work-life balance. And there's no point in running a business if you then don't get to enjoy your children. What is the point of working 12, 15 hours a day to make more money? Yes, I can see the point of doing that. (laughs) I chose not to do that. I always chose to keep my business a bit smaller. I probably know a definitely limited growth of my own business because I always to me it was more important to have that work-life balance
0: so how yeah. how did you go about winning your first client
3: gumtree so oh, back wow. then, gumtree was free so this that was a long me. time ago yeah. and I took on my first customer at seven pounds an hour which all of you will be cringing nice. at it was a long time ago inflation's happened since then yeah so, and at the time, ten pounds an hour was an all right price. I think I was up at twelve pounds an hour within about six months because I yeah. quickly realised the error of my ways. So it was it was Gumtree that started me off. Social media, although Facebook and things had existed, it wasn't like it is now. Um, yeah. Now you would just go straight on Facebook or Instagram, even TikTok, not quite as effective. Whereas back then it was Gumtree.
0: Yeah, Gumtree. I remember using Gumtree. You need to dig around a little bit. And did you post adverts on Gumtree as well? Did you?
3: No, I did. I think my, yeah, my two-pound adverts. Yeah. Uh, got chatting to people. Yeah, it worked. And then, like a lot of businesses, it's word of mouth. So probably because I was charging seven pounds an hour, gosh, my name got it rippled around there. I had leaflets, so I put those up in the Tesco's and the Sainsbury's and and leaflet drops. Now I would not touch any of those. I'd go straight for advertising online and doing search engine optimization and those kind of things. But back then. That's just not an option when you first start out.
0: When I I started my cleaning business, I did the same thing: flyers. We did some leaflets, definitely Gumtree, and then mostly emails as well. Didn't really factor in any SEO or paid advertising or anything until much later on. Yeah, a website is your it's your storefront. You no, know? it's it's kind of it's your um it's home base. It it's where you. You know, people go to kind of validate your, your service. If you don't have a website, that, that should be a red flag to a potential customer because, you know, are, are you a serious enough business to, in the 21st century, not to have um, a, a website is, is going to be a little bit unusual. You look at the biggest businesses, they all have websites. So you should replicate some of their behaviours um, and utilise the online space to develop your own website um, even if you don't optimize it, let's just say you have a one-page website with all of your company details on there, a little bit of a blurb about what you do. That is still going to be more favourable than just, in my opinion, than just um, you know advertising your services on Instagram or on Facebook and not really having a, a fallback for when people come to. You know search your online profile customers are getting more savvy that they, they will do their due diligence right they'll check you out online so you need to have an online presence you need to have an online profile and a website is is a central part of that like what does your client outreach approach look like? And what, yep. what does that onboarding process look like for, like, the bigger client as well? So two different bits. So deal with the client outreach first, because uh, I think that's one thing that a lot of small business owners get, get stuck on. And then yeah. just to give people an insight as to what it looks like to, to win a seven-figure contract, like what the steps that you had to go through to eventually win that, that client.
4: Uh, early days... <laughs> And we still do a wide variety of outbound and inbound sales processing. So what do they look like? So we do a lot on social media. And the early days of my business, I remember I was working for a large FM company and started my business on the ciders. That's the sensible thing to do, right? I know these gurus online tell you to go all in and just do your passion.
0: Burn your boats, that's it. Yeah. No, turn it back. I, I understand the logic
4: behind it. We wouldn't recommend um, on the street. Um, so I was working both and I used to do an outbound via LinkedIn which is how we were introduced to each other. So I would literally send office managers messages on LinkedIn, and it was a bit of a scattergun approach, don't get me wrong. But that gave know leads, and we got some business out of it. So social media is a big one, and and one I'm a big advocate for for a number of reasons. Outbound marketing, so simple email marketing campaigns, quite often early days and still do now. Now, it's a little bit more sporadic because our customer has changed. When yeah. we were first starting with no revenue, you would, you know, if had an office down that needed two hours cleaning just on a Friday, we would take business like that. We yeah. never um, as we did. So email marketing is an, another big one. One that we actually spend quite a lot of money on is SEO, search engine optimization. Um, making sure our website is the top of Google, which we've got. You know, we've got a lot of domain authority now, so we a lot of customers come to us, which is the ultimate goal, right? You know, mm. because as we and the sales process, and this is something that I, I get the audience to just be conscious of is when you're running a business, you wear many different hats, and the cleaner might call sick and contract for you know a week. And what that does, it brings peaks and troughs in the sales process. Um, so making sure you know you've got your email campaigns, you've got your inbound stuff coming in via um, SEO, give you constant stuff coming in, even if you're not doing anything outbound. Basically, if you stop, you don't want your leads to stop coming in mm. because then you're going to be super and then quiet, and you're always going to have them up. Um, so, making sure your website ranks well is, is is a big one. Get bigger contracts is probably a lot that people ask me when you know when I deal with business owners that are maybe slightly larger, and we're not big by any stretch of the imagination. You know, there are tender portals out there which are generally larger cleaning contracts. Um, our biggest is via SEO, so they have effectively come to us um, on on all occasions, which is unusual to be honest. Um, so definitely make sure your website is super up to date. We're actually next year recruiting for our first sales, you know, business development manager.
0: Yeah.
4: Um, yeah. So they will then grow up. It's a bit of a scattergun approach. Make sure your website's okay. Get some email campaigns going. Try to use social media and reach out to people. Don't get me wrong. Out. 10 you know you'll probably get one reply but you've just got to keep going with it you know, don't be scared of anyone on linkedin saying oh and sales emails it's a tool at the end of the day and you've got to utilize it
0: no i, I don't think i think there's like a, a slower adoption to the tech because and this is uh, the same i've found for uh, commercial cleaning as well a lot of it is based on relationships whereas It it seems that in the tech, in the tech, in the US, it is, you know, transactional. Look, this is what I need to get done, so let me just get it done. Whereas here, it's like, especially if you're, you know, working within your local community, it's getting known, it's getting established within the community, it's getting referrals from, you know, business networks or whatever the case may be. And I think, I think there's just, uh, like, it it appears to me a slower adoption process to, to utilize in tech to the advantage of, your business to, to help it to grow and um, that doesn't mean that you know you're hamstrung but it does mean that you're, you're slowing yourself down a little bit because everything is moving online you know I, I did some research and you know sixty percent of UK cleaning businesses have a website now if you don't have a website now if you're not visible online if you don't have a Google profile in particular Google is the biggest search engine in the world if you don't have a Google profile um, if you're not collecting reviews on Google, then you, you're, for all intents and purposes, you're invisible. Um, and, you know, it, simple things like having a website, even if it's just a one or two page website, um, which can be optimised, um, you know, and you can have a layout in there which will take the uh, the visitor on a, on a journey to not necessarily, well, to either book with you or to at least raise an inquiry. And I just, I found things like that astounding um, because, you know, social media and a lot of your visibility online is, is available for free and I just think utilising these tools that are available to you, yes it requires a little bit of learning if you're going to do it yourself, but we've got YouTube for that. You want to learn how to build a website, go on YouTube. You want to learn how to collect reviews or how to, you know, set up your Google um, business uh, profile, go on YouTube. That's It's all there, it's free resource. A website is your it's your storefront, no? It's it's kind of it's your um, it's home base. It, it's where you know people go to kind of validate your your service. If you don't have a website, that that should be a red flag to a potential customer because you know are, are you a serious enough business to in the twenty first century not to have a a website is is going to be a little bit unusual. You look at the biggest businesses; they all have websites, so. You should replicate some of their behaviours and utilise the online space to develop your own website. Even if you don't optimise it, let's just say you have a one-page website with all of your company details on there, a little bit of a blurb about what you do, that is still going to be more favourable than just, in my opinion, than just you know advertising your services on Instagram or on Facebook and not really having a, a fallback for when people come to you know search your online profile customers are getting more savvy that they will do their due diligence right they'll check you out online so you need to have an online presence you need to have an online profile and a website is is a central part of that i I think also investing time in developing a brand is is massively important in particular in an industry like cleaning because you know there are a lot of players small players and big players but because it is quite saturated and, and a lot of the time is a bit of a race to the bottom because you know people compete on price rather than value so really the importance of building a brand so that customers understand the value of your brand really then helps with you know your efforts to to grow and to position yourself so that you're not being compared on price you're being compared on okay this is the value add that you know using this business using fantastic services can can add to me as an individual or as a business because, you know, they solve a, B and C problems. That's uh, why that doesn't it. come unless you've developed that brand. Right. Because exactly, not know you otherwise. That's why you see the lifetime of, of, of some corporates. is like, they're very old. They're very, very old, you know, yeah. They've been around for 40, 50 years, you know, they're, they're very, very old. Some have been around for hundreds of years, right? The biggest ones have been around for a hundred and something odd years, you know, in fertility management, then it becomes a whole different kettle of fish, you know, and, and it's very hard to punch train on that. Unless you're going, oh yeah, we can do it cheaper and this stuff here, yeah. and then once you're in that stuff, they don't survive very long. So it is a, you know, it's like it's like, oh, they said, oh, they can do it for eight pounds an hour, so can I? It's like, yeah, can you? You know, have you got the software? <laughs> <laughs> you got everything else? It's like, you might win the contract, but are you going to be profitable on it? Are you going to be living off it? It's like that's another story. Yeah. right? That's the whole 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 aspect of, of commercial and corporate cleaning that just becomes really tough to deliver you know if you go down that that race so i agree with you thanks to you guys for listening to the growth lab podcast you can access the show notes and free resources via the link in the episode description and if you got some value from this podcast please pay it forward and share it with others across social media or leave a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you listen to because it would really mean the world to me hope you enjoy and subscribe and i'll see you in the next episode